Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may their souls and the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined as always by my friend, my good pal, my the legendary basketball player from St. John's University, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is fine. And today we're focusing on the interesting and compelling story of Maria Sima, an Austrian woman who claimed to have received regular visits from souls in purgatory since the age of 25. Now, born in 1915 in Sontag, Austria, Maria was one of eight children who were raised in poverty and began working at an early age. It's said that she tried three times to enter the convent, but was denied entrance due to her poor health. Now, she claims that the first appearance of a holy soul occurred one night in 1940, in the middle of the night, about 3 a.m., when a strange man walked into her bedroom. She demanded that he leave. When he refused, she chased him and tried to grab him, but found herself holding nothing but thin air. She told her spiritual director about it in the morning, and he told her that if the man returned to ask, what do you want from me? So the man did indeed return the following night, and when she asked him what he wanted, he said, have three masses celebrated for me, and I will be delivered. She then understood that he was from purgatory. Her spiritual director advised her never to turn away from the poor souls, but to accept whatever they should ask of her. She began to have regular visits from the poor souls and documented this in a book entitled Get Me Out of Here, which is a series of interviews with Maria. And Frank, I know in this podcast, you want to deal with some of the things that these souls said to her. But first, how did you come to find out about this woman? I hadn't known about her. Well, I found out about her through an interview I read conducted by a sister, Emmanuel, from Mijigori. And the book that she wrote was called The Amazing Secret of Purgatory, where she poses questions to Maria Sima, who had written the book that you just mentioned, Get Me Out of Here. And I, and I was amazed. I think this interview with Maria really gives us some insight into what purgatory is actually like and how we might all benefit from what these souls have to say. Right. Now, when we you bring up purgatory, we have to remind ourselves that it seems to have fallen by the wayside in our modern church. But it's real. It's not a superstition. The belief is that when a person dies, they may enter a process of purgatory, which the catechism calls a purification, so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven, which is experienced by those who, quote, who die in God's grace and friendship, but still are imperfectly purified. And because this book has an imprimatur, it means that it's been reviewed by church officials and found to have nothing in it that contradicts the faith. Therefore, reading the book is permissible. And we're on good footing here, Frank, in terms of theology. Right. First of all, we know that the souls in purgatory has visited other great saints like St. Gertrude, St. Catherine of Siena, Sister Faustina and and St. John Bosco. And in their writings, they say that the souls all basically, you know, said the same thing to each of them. And Padre Pio, one of the great mystics of the holy souls also, it was said that the souls in purgatory was his, was his constant companions throughout his life. Right. He was their great intercessor before the Lord. And, and what did these souls in purgatory ask for? Prayer, Maria says in the interview with Sister Emmanuel. And in most cases, 
they had, they'd asked for masses also for them to be said. And that one is present. Uh, the more that the person went to mass during their life, the more beneficial these masses are. Also, uh, the rosary and uh, stations of the cross also are very, are very beneficial to the souls. Amazing. So they want fervent prayers earnestly and specifically said for them. Well, we have masses said for people every day in the church, right? People go to the parish, they select a date, they buy a mass card and ask for a mass to be said in a person's name, which is announced on that day at mass. So it's that's a very familiar and common practice. And it's good to know that that's, <laughs> that's wanted and needed. And then the question comes up, do the souls in purgatory nevertheless have joy and hope in the midst of their suffering? He said, yes, no soul in purgatory want to come back to earth. They have the knowledge, which is, they have a knowledge which is infinitely beyond ours. They could really not return to the darkness of earth. Right. So they're in a, a state on its on their way to heaven. And But what about the role of Our Lady with the souls in purgatory? She's always asking us to pray for them as well, right? Right. She comes to console the souls in purgatory and tell them that they have done many good things. Mary is always there to encourage them. And people want to know, are there any particular days on which the Blessed Mother delivers them to heaven? Yes. Above all, Christmas Day, the Feast of All Saints, Good Friday, the Feast of the Assumption and the Ascension of Jesus. That Those are the days where the most souls leave purgatory and get to heaven. Wow. I mean, so part of the celebration of these great feast days where we go to church is an awareness that many souls in purgatory are being delivered into heaven through prayer on those days. All right. And then what are the sins that lead most people to purgatory? She said sins against charity, against the love of one's neighbor, hardness of heart, hostilities, slandering and calumny. Other sins against charity our rejection of certain people we do not like, our, our refusal to make peace, our refusal to forgive, and all the bitterness that we store up inside. Right, it makes sense. Then the big question, who, uh, please tell us about those who have the greatest chance of going directly to heaven. He said, those who have a good heart towards everyone, love covers a multitude of sins. And we hear this in the scriptures from St. Paul. He tells us this himself. That's right. Now, what are the means of salvation which we can take on earth to avoid purgatory and go straight to heaven? Well, we must do a great deal for the souls in purgatory. For they will, in, they will help us in return. We need much humility. This is the greatest weapon against, the, against evil, against the evil one. Humility drives away evil. We really can get that. Uh, we really can say that love, humility, and abandonment to God are the three golden keys uh, about going directly to heaven. She goes on to say that the most efficient way to help deliver souls from purgatory is the mass. Why the mass, you may ask. It is because Christ himself offers uh, himself out of love for us. It is the offering of Christ himself to God it, that makes it the most beautiful offering. A soul in purgatory sees very clearly on the day of his or her funeral. If we want to pray for them or just be present, the poor soul says tears do them no good, only prayer. Yeah. The efficacy of the mass for the deceased is even greater, like I said before, 
for those who attach great value to the mass during their lives. Right. If they attended mass and prayed with all their hearts, mm -hmm. if they went to weekday mass, according to the time available to them, they draw great profit from the masses that are celebrated for them. Yeah. Okay. So three keys, as you said, love, humility, and abandonment to God, and then going to mass. What else? Well, she said, don't, she said, the souls say, do not waste your earthly sufferings. This is another powerful way to help the poor souls. Our fasting, our penances, our sufferings will help them great, greatly if we offer them up. A soul once asked Maria if she would suffer for three hours in her body for her. And after that, you could resume your day. She accepted it, was the most painful. But after it, the soul told her that that saved her 20 years of her time in purgatory. Now, when we get into time, you know, it's it's funny because the soul has already left the realm of time. But I guess it's for us to understand the value What's about this disparity in time of years? What's that about, Frank? It's because the suffering on earth does not have the same value. On earth, when we suffer, we can grow in love and we can gain merit. Right. Which is different from suffering in purgatory. In purgatory, the suffering serves only to purify us from sin. On earth, we have all the graces. We have the freedom to choose. Even the smallest sufferings have great value to the souls in purgatory. Maria was asked, the sufferings in purgatory are more painful than the sufferings on earth. And she said, yes, but in a symbolic way, it's it's more suffering in the soul. You know, this is one that, uh, that comes up a lot in a lot of people's minds. What happens to those people who have committed suicide? Was she ever visited by any of those who seem to have lost hope? Yes. She said, up to now, I have never encountered the case of a soul who was lost. Of course, this, this does not mean that that doesn't exist. But she said, often the souls tell us uh, the most guilty are those who are around them, who are ne uh, negligent or spread calumny or slander against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do, they, do, they, do the souls then have regret for having committed suicide? She answered, yes, often suicide is due to illness. These souls do regret their action because they see the things in the light of God. They understand instantly all the graces that were in store for them during their time remaining for them to live. And they see this time which remained for them. And they also see all the souls they could have helped by offering the rest of their lives to God. Seeing the good they could have done is what hurts them. But when the cause is illness, she believes the Lord takes this into account, of course. Yeah, that sounds reassuring. What about children, uh, kids who die young? Are they in purgatory? Yes, but purgatory for them is not exceedingly long or painful since they lack much discernment. Right. You know, at the end of the interview, Maria said, there's no value in complaining about the times we live in. Parents do not help their children by responding to all their desires, by giving them everything they want, simply to keep them happy. Do you want to live in better times, she says? Start by educating the children in the faith. You know, Frank, I love all this. I mean, you know, we we think of ourselves as part of the, the body. The church is the body of Christ. That means that we're part of a, a church which involves the saints in heaven. 
and and the Blessed Mother and Joseph, and also the souls in purgatory who we are asked to pray for. And it's nice to hear through Maria and Sister Emmanuel in these books that our prayers do work. And in fact, they, it's like a great investment because then we are them we ourselves are prayed for when our time comes. It's a good topic, Frank. I agree, Deacon. I think it, it's it's good for everybody to know because these are these are really the voices from purgatory telling us. You know, Jesus sent prophets. He came, you know, God sent his only son. This is another example where we're kind of being warned as to what we have to do. So I thought it would be beneficial to everybody to hear this and and maybe grab that book, The Amazing Secret of Purgatory. You'll read it in about an hour, you know. Beautiful. Folks, don't forget to like us and follow us and send us an email at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation.com at gmail.com. Frank, I'm praying for you all the time, and I love you a lot. I'll see you next time, okay? Me too, Deacon. Thanks. God bless.